to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, it's so good to be speaking with you today. My name's Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Icon Church. And I'm so pleased to be able to share this message with you on Easter Sunday. I want to give a massive shout out to all our campuses, those who are watching online today, Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham, Stocksbridge. And also for those tuning in from Spain, from Salt Church, a big, massive welcome to you today. And again, anyone else watching from around the world, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for connecting into Icon Church. We believe that God's got the best for you today. Now, as I've been thinking about Easter and sharing this message, I realized actually that this is the first of its kind. Never in the history before have we had this occasion where all the Western churches are unable to meet in physical locations. This is a first of its kind. Never before in history have we had this situation. But you know what? Even uh, although this is a first of its kind uh, that we've never seen before, I really do believe that we can reach many, many people. Now, if we were gathering in locations, if we were meeting physically in church buildings today, I guess that we would be going crazy celebrating the fact that this is Easter Sunday. I guess that we would be on our feet, we would be applauding, we would be celebrating the fact that this is Easter Sunday. Well, I need your help today. I need you to help me right where you are in your front room or wherever you find yourself today. I need you to help me because I still think we ought to celebrate Easter like never before. This is a first. Although it may be a little bit awkward because it's a first time, maybe a sense of excitement because it's a first time doing church this way globally for so many churches. But I want to encourage you because I think we still need to celebrate Easter like never before. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to get on your feet right in your front room, whether you're in the lounge, whether you're in your bedroom, wherever you are, I want you to stand to your feet because I want to count down from five to one and then we're going to give the massive cheer that we can and celebrate the fact that this is Easter Sunday. Are you ready? Come on, I want you to get on your feet. I want to give a shout out to Paul and Jeannie in Chesterfield. Come on, guys, I want you to get up on your feet. Everyone on their feet right now, because God deserves our very best. Are we ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Come on, I want you to applaud and give God the very best praise that He can have today. We're cheering and exciting and excited with you all around the world as you're tuning in today. It's so good to celebrate Easter. And it got me thinking of this idea. You know, on the first Easter Sunday morning, there was no celebration. There was no counting down from five to one. There was no group of disciples who were outside the tomb waiting for Jesus to come out of the tomb on Sunday morning. You know, the first Easter Sunday was nothing like this Easter Sunday. There was no people there celebrating Jesus. There was no group of, uh, of followers of Jesus outside the tomb counting down five, four, three, two, one, and then Jesus was going to come out and say, here I am, guys, I'm alive, just as I told you it was going to be. In fact, we find the very opposite. These followers of Jesus who trusted Him, 
who believed in him were hiding in fear for their lives. Why? Because they had watched the one they had put their hope in just a few days earlier die on a cross, hanging on a cross with, 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 with his body beaten and broken and then put in a tomb. They were living in fear for their lives. When we look at the historical accounts of Jesus, the, the documents that are written about Jesus and the resurrection, you know, they're not written like any of the other documents that we have in our time. They're not written like other documents even in their time. You know, when people would write historical documents, they would often write them in such a way they would cover up all the blemishes, the mistakes, the, the problems that people had. They would cover up that crazy uncle in the family. Uh, maybe you can think of who that crazy uncle is in your family or that crazy person is. And if you can't think of who they are, maybe it's you today. Maybe you're that crazy person. But if they were writing about you, if they were writing about a, a family situation, you know what they would do? They would cover up all the blemishes and all the problems. But these first historical documents written about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you know, they do not do that. It's not a cover-up, it's a massive confession. They begin to confess the fact that they did not believe in Jesus. They had doubted in Jesus. They had seen Him die on a cross. These followers of Jesus weren't looking to start a movement. They weren't looking to start a church. In fact, they'd given, they'd given up even believing and they'd given up having hope in Jesus, so much so that they were hiding for their lives. And today I want us to understand that although we may face some doubts, that we're not on our own. Maybe as you're watching today or listening, maybe, maybe you feel today that actually it's too hard to believe this resurrection story. Maybe you feel it's, um, it's just too hard to get your head around, that it just sounds like a made-up story. Maybe it sounds like nonsense to you. Well, I want to say you're not on your own. Even these first followers of Jesus felt the same way. Those that were closest to Jesus, those who walked with Him, those who seen Him do miracles and raise the dead and change lives, even at this point, they do not believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. They're not even expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. They're not outside the tomb. They're hiding away in their homes. They're hiding away in fear for their lives. They were expecting to find a body, not an empty tomb. And we're told in Luke chapter 24 that some of the ladies on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they got up and they got ready to go and prepare the, bur the, the body of Jesus for its burial. They, they, they went and they went with their spices in order to get the, the, the body of Jesus ready for an honourable burial. Why? Because Jesus died suddenly and unexpectedly. And as these first ladies went, I want you to imagine how they must have felt. The despair, the sadness in their hearts. They had seen the one they loved and trusted in die on a cross in such a horrific way. And they are now going to get ready to fix the body of Jesus. And as they were going, they were, they were, they were probably thinking of the wounds in his hands and, and, and how he looked and, and the mess of this body. And they were probably thinking of how they were going to fix this body and make it look better and get it ready for an honourable burial. And as they were going, 
They thought to themselves, what about the stone? Who's going to roll it away? And as they got there, as they got to the tomb, they discovered that the stone has been rolled away. They enter into the tomb and they look in and they don't see the body there. They were shocked because they were expecting a body. They weren't expecting Jesus to be alive. They were expecting a body in the grave. They simply see some linen cloths that were wrapped around the body of Jesus. They were in shock and as they're in shock, suddenly out of nowhere, two angels appear and they say these words to the ladies. They say, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Do you not know he's risen just as he said he would? And they began to share with these ladies uh, the fact that the Messiah must suffer and then rise again from the dead. These ladies were in shock. They bow down in fear. They hear the words and then the, the, the angels say, I need you to go back and tell the disciples what you've heard. The ladies go back as quickly as they can. And I want to read some words if I, I can this, th- today from uh, Luke chapter 24. Because in this passage, we discover some of the words that were recorded, some of these words of the accounts of, of, of Jesus and his death and his resurrection. In Luke chapter 24, verse 10, it says this. It says, When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to eleven and all to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. But they did not believe the women because the words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying beside themselves and he went in wondering to himself what had happened. I want you to listen to those words today. Because we often think that the accounts of Jesus are, are, are filled with people who had a massive faith, a massive belief. We often think the accounts of these first followers, that they had nothing wrong. But, but instead we're told that when these ladies came back and they shared the news, we're told that the, 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 the guys who listened, all those people who listened, they said that their words seemed like nonsense. Seemed like nonsense. Sounded like they were talking a load of rubbish and they didn't believe them. It could be today as you're watching, maybe you think the resurrection story of Jesus just sounds like nonsense. Maybe it's too hard to believe. Maybe it's too far-fetched. Maybe it just sounds like a story out there. And maybe you think Christians are even gullible to believe such a story. Can I say today, you're not on your own. Even these first followers of Jesus, those who were closest to him, those who, who spent time with him, do you know what? At this point in their lives, they do not believe. They don't believe the women. It wasn't because they were women. It just, it was too crazy an idea to, to think that the person they seen dying across three days earlier was nigh not in the tomb, nigh was alive. It was too much to get their heads around. They were filled with doubt and despair. But you know, that eventually, that doubt and despair eventually turned to a, a real belief that this had taken place. But it didn't happen straight away. It didn't happen early in the morning. It wasn't until later in the day, until they began to get further reports back that Jesus was alive, 
that things begin to change. And I wanna share a, a few stories today to help you believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Because you may feel it just sounds like nonsense. It feels like it's, it's too much to believe in. Well, today, I wanna help you get over that barrier so that you too can believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Well, the first story I want to share is taken from Matthew chapter 24. And Nathan shared on this great passage last week. And it's a, a story about two people who were on the road to Emmaus. And Emmaus was about seven miles away from Jerusalem. And they were walking to Emmaus. They were getting away from um, all the sort of uh, the anger and the despair and how they felt. And they were leaving Jerusalem, maybe going back to their home. We don't know too much about them. One of them was called Cleopas. Maybe the other one was Mrs. Cleopas. It may have been a married couple who were just on their way back home. And as they're walking back home, their hearts are heavy. They're filled with despair. And they begin to have a conversation with one another, talking about all that, that, that Jesus had done and, and talking about the, the stories that the women had shared with them. And as 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 they're sharing these stories with one another, as they're talking, we're told that Jesus walks up beside them. They didn't recognize it was Jesus. Jesus walked up beside them and they didn't recognize who it was. We're told in the scripture in, in Luke chapter 24 that, that they were prevented from recognizing who he was. And the stranger asks them a question, a simple question. What is it you're talking about? And they begin to answer him with a question. The two of them were so dejected, so filled with despair, but they asked this question. Let me read this to you from Luke chapter 24, verse 18. They say this to the person they thought was a stranger. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that has happened in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who would rescue Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. I love the fact that when you read this story, you can get a sense of how they felt. When Jesus asked them the question, what is it you're talking about? We're told that they stood still and their heads were down. They were downcast, they were dejected. They were feeling so sad. The fact that the one they had put their trust in was now dead. They'd given everything to Jesus. They'd believed in Jesus. They'd followed his purpose and, and the cause he promised. They, they, they were believing for a new hope and a new Jerusalem and a, a new way to live and a new way to connect with God. And, and at this point, it seemed like all that they believed in was gone. The hope had gone. And it got me thinking, and maybe you need to think today, wherever you're listening or watching from, got me thinking, you know, there's times in my life where I felt my hope has gone. I remember as a late teen, before I was a follower of Jesus, I remember just on an occasion like this where I just felt so sad. It wasn't because I had a bad life or my life was uh, really in a mess, but inside I just felt like I had no hope 
nothing to live for. And I remember as I was traveling on a bus in the Belfast, a stranger stopped me on the bus. A lady, an older lady, and she said, young man, why are you so sad? And I simply said to her, I've nothing to be happy about. And that's genuinely how I felt in my life. I had nothing to be happy about. And maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel in the midst of all that's going on, you have nothing to be happy about. Well, I want to say that feeling that way is not the best place to be, but it can't change. Dr. Henry Cloud, psychologist, speaker and author, says this about hope. He says, we've got to wake up with hope in our lives. And I think that's true. I think we've got to wake up with hope in our lives. We can live three days around about that time without water, three months without food. But how long can we really live without hope? How long can we really go where we, where, where we feel like we're not just living in zombie land? I don't think we can go very far. We need hope in our lives. These guys had lost hope. And you know, when you lose hope, when you have a sense of despair in your life, you know, it can even make you ill. It can make you feel like you've lost your purpose in life. There's no point of, of, of getting up in the morning. But I want to encourage you that there's always hope in God, that we can find hope in God. And as we return back to this passage, I love what happens because Jesus walks along with them along the road and begins to open up with them, uh, uh, you know, all about himself from the book of Moses right through to the prophets and he explains who he is. I guess that would have been the best Bible study on the planet. Imagine Jesus opening up the Scriptures to you. They get to their home and they persuade the stranger who they thought to come in for a meal. He goes in for a meal with him. And as he's at the dinner table, he simply takes bread and he breaks it and he broke it open. Often he would have done this as they gather with his disciples. And, and when he broke the bread, it says their eyes were opened and they realized this wasn't a stranger. This was Jesus. They went from being dejected now to feeling fully devoted of following Jesus. So much so, do you know what they did? They got up from where they were and they run as quick as they can back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples of what had taken place. It was a seven mile run and I guess they would have been running as quickly as they could to get back to tell these uh, other disciples what had happened. Because as, they, as Jesus broke bread, it says their eyes were opened and Jesus disappeared from among them. They realised this was Jesus risen from the dead. They couldn't wait and they run as quick as they can to get back to Jerusalem. And as they began to share their story with the other disciples, as they begin to share this news of what had happened to them, somebody interrupts them and says, hey, it's true, you know, Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. He appeared to Simon. And they begin to share their story. They explain that when they met this stranger and he opened up the Scriptures, their hearts were burning within them. They were so on fire of what had happened. They, they couldn't believe it, that actually it all now made sense. That would seem to have no sense and make no sense at the beginning, now makes perfect sense. 
right at that point we're told in the story in Luke chapter 24 that Jesus stands among them. He comes out of nowhere and he's amongst all the disciples. Uh, and, and do you know what? Here's the crazy bit about it, guys. I want you to get this. Even when Jesus comes among them, they still do not believe. They do not believe. They think it's a ghost. And rightly so, because he didn't come through the door. He just appeared amongst them. But he said, look, I'm not a ghost. I want you to realize and look at my hands. And he showed them the marks on his hands that he encountered just a few days before. I want us to understand that even at that point, some of these followers of Jesus, those closest to him, did not believe. They struggled to get their head around the resurrection of Jesus. He says to them, give me some food and let me eat it. And as he eats the food, they realize that actually now this truly is Jesus. Isn't it crazy that it took two or three attempts before those who were close to him actually believed? You see, when we read the gospel accounts, they're not a huge cover-up. Instead, they're a massive confession of the fact that these first followers of Jesus struggled to believe in the resurrection. But now they believe. And when we read the Bible, there's lots of other people and accounts of people who met the risen Christ. Think of people like Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John, people who we have these gospel accounts who wrote about uh, what Jesus did. People like Peter. Peter was one of the greatest disciples. He was the spokesperson of Jesus. He would often speak up. He was the first one to believe. He was the first one to walk on water. But you know what? He was also the first one to deny that Jesus was who he says he was. He was the first one to deny that he even knew Jesus. In the moment where he should have stood up the most, he actually denied that he knew Jesus. Peter goes from believing to denial to go into the tomb, to scratching his head and coming back, not being sure, then he believes. Why does he believe? Well, like the two, the reason he believed was because he saw the resurrection for himself. He's seen the risen Christ right there before him. You may struggle to believe even this day. You may struggle to get your head around it. Maybe just like you, maybe just like you today, the, for these ladies right at the beginning, it felt like nonsense to them. It's, you know, for, for, for the people hearing these words from these ladies, it seemed like nonsense to them. And I want to encourage you that even it may seem like nonsense, that we can believe as we see what God can do for us. You know, there's other people in the Bible, people like James, who was the brother of Jesus. You know, when Jesus was with his brothers before his death, his brothers thought he was crazy. They thought he was out of his head and they did not believe in him. They were filled with disbelief. And I get that a little bit because I've got two older brothers. And I think if one of my brothers had have come to me and said, do you know what? I want you to know that I am the savior of the world. I want you to know that people are following me and I'm going to do miracles and I'm going to do amazing things and then I'm going to die for people and then I'm going to rise again three days later. I suppose if my brother had told me that, I too would have thought he was crazy. So before we give James a hard time, let's realize that we would maybe do the same. But eventually, just like Peter, just like the two, uh, right at this point then, James also believes why? Because Jesus appeared to him also. 
James writes concerning Jesus. And he says, you know what? I, I follow and I serve God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He writes to the churches at this time and he, he writes back, uh, you know, as an older person looking back and he writes to the churches, he says, you know, I follow God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He called Jesus his brother, both Lord and Savior. He goes from a sense of disbelief to being fully devoted to Jesus. My last story and example I want to share with us this day is actually a guy called Saul. And the story of Saul is found in Acts chapter 9. Uh, and when we read this story, this guy Saul, well, he really did hate Christians. He, uh, they weren't called Christians back then, but these people who were following this dead man, Jesus, and claiming he was alive, you know, he was so insulted by these people. He was so insulted of the fact that, that they were saying that Jesus was alive, so much so that he was persecuting them. And he went to the authorities and he asked the authorities, could he have a special letter that would allow him to persecute those who belong to the way? And that's what he did. He got this letter and he began to go around persecuting Christians. Uh, so much so that as he's traveling one day on a road to Damascus, um, he, he's really intent of getting these Christians and putting them in jail and putting them to death. He, he hated this idea that this man, Jesus, was alive. But he too encounters Jesus. I want you to hear these words from Acts chapter 9 today. It says this regarding Saul who became Paul. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. And I get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Right at this point in this guy's life, Saul, he encounters Jesus and he begins to change his life. Why? Because he too had seen the resurrection of Jesus. We've all these different accounts. You know, people like Paul became one of the greatest examples that we have to follow regarding starting churches, following Jesus, so much so that he started most, most of the churches that we know of and, and at that time written about in the New Testament. In fact, he wrote most of the New Testament. But he went from a place of disrespect in Jesus, a place of, of, of not believing who Jesus was, a place of uh, killing Christians and, and putting them in prison to a place where he's fully devoted and following Jesus. Do you know all these people I've shared today, they all have changed their lives around. They all went from something to something. And maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe you need to turn away from something to Jesus. Each of these people and so many more of them recorded in, in the historical accounts in the Bible turned towards Jesus. In fact, we're told at one point there was over 500 people all at one time who seen the risen Christ. It may seem hard to believe. It may seem hard to get your head around. Well, you know what? These guys had the same struggles, but they made it through.
And I want to encourage every one of us watching today, every one of us listening today, that, that we too can move from a place of doubt, a place of not being sure if it's real, a place of being uncertain, a place of being fully devoted to Jesus. I love the fact that each of these people that I've mentioned today turn from something to Jesus. The two turn from a place of being dejected and despaired to being fully footed the followers of Jesus. We think of Peter, he turned from denying Jesus, a place of denial to being fully devoted to Jesus. So much so that it's recorded that even Peter died on a cross upside down. He was so convinced of what he believed in. People like James, his own brother who disbelieved and moved from a place of disbelief now to a place of being fully devoted to Jesus. People like Saul, who became Paul, who so disrespected Jesus and Christians, he goes from disrespect to being fully devoted to Him. And I guess today that maybe there's some people watching and maybe you need to turn from the things that are holding you back to turn to Jesus to turn away from the things that are keeping you from following God. I don't know what they are today. You know what they are, but I want to encourage you to turn from those things and turn to Jesus. The story of the death and resurrection of Jesus is the greatest event of all the world. The event that has changed lives. You see, all these people believe not because it was written in a book. They didn't even have the Bible then. Not because of even the stories that Jesus told. Not even because of the miracles that Jesus done before he was crucified. They believe now because they had seen it for themselves. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to move from a place of not believing to a place of believing. If you're a follower of Jesus, then I want to encourage you that you're believing on the best thing there is on the planet. The hope that we have in the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead is an amazing hope. It gives us peace, it gives us forgiveness, and it's available for every one of us today. I'd encourage you to make a decision to follow Jesus on this Easter Sunday. At the beginning of this talk, I said, you know, uh, the, the fact that this was a first, this has never been done before, of all the Western churches meeting in this way, it's such a, a phenomenal thing. It's a first. And you know, when sometimes things are a first, they can feel a little bit awkward, but also a little bit exciting. And I, and I, I guess for some of you watching today, you know, maybe it feels a little bit awkward. Is it really true? And I guess others are feeling a little bit excited now. I need to believe in this Jesus. You know, a lot can change in a day, can't it? If you think of what took place on Easter morning till Easter evening, these first disciples who did not believe, who weren't expecting Jesus to be alive, they started off with a pity party. And then at the end of the day, they were celebrating with a real party because they realized this is true. Jesus has risen just as he said he would. A lot can change in a day. A lot can change in the gap in the middle. You know, a race is not won at the end, as we often think. A fight is not won at the end. It's won in the gap in the middle. There's a lot can change in our lives in the gap in the middle. I don't know how your week started. Don't know how your day started. Don't know how your month started or your year. I don't even know how your life has started. 
But I want to say today, it doesn't matter how it started, but actually it's how it can end that makes all the difference. And the way it has changed is by doing something in the gap in the middle. I want to ask you today to do something in the gap in the middle of your life. Because maybe your day started off bad. Maybe your week started off bad. Well, today that can change. By simply making some course corrections, by, by saying, yes, I'm going to believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. I am going to follow Jesus. Your life can be changed. You know, millions of people who, who are celebrating all over the world today have believed in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And it too has changed their lives. And I believe it can change your life. As you're watching today, I believe that this message I'm sharing can change your life also. And all you need to do is to say, yeah, I, I, I want to follow Jesus. Count me in. Right at the beginning, these first disciples just thought it sounded like a load of nonsense. But I'm glad as we get to the end of the day, that would seem to be nonsense. That would seem to make no sense. Now makes perfect sense. So here's what I'd love you to do. Right on your screen, right now, you're going to see a button and you can hit that button. And that button simply says, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Count me in. I want to follow Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to hit that button today. You know, right at the beginning, we, we counted down from five to one uh, and we encourage people to celebrate the fact that this is, I, I want to count down from five to one again. And as I get to one, I want to encourage you to hit the button and say, yeah, I, I'm going to believe in Jesus today. I'm going to follow Jesus. Uh, you know, maybe you need to come back to Jesus today. Maybe you were once walking with Jesus. Maybe you were once following him and somehow something got in, took you off track. Maybe somebody annoyed you in church. That is possible. Maybe not as difficult now as, as you're in your own home. Uh, but you know, people can annoy us. Uh, sometimes we can get disillusioned. Sometimes we can get upset. Sometimes we can lose hope. But I want to encourage you today to come back to God, to turn around. Just like these four examples that I shared, they turned around from something to Jesus. So are you ready? I want you to get ready to hit the button. At the end of, uh, of one today, I want you to hit that button right now. Five, four, three, two, one. I want you to hit the button right now and say, yes, I am following Jesus. I want to give you a, a moment or two longer just to say, yes, it's good to see so many people hitting the button today. It's been great to see over the last few weeks, people have hit that button to say yes to Jesus. I want to give you just a few more seconds they hit the button and said, yeah, count me in today. I'm following Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want to pray for all of us today that we would trust and believe that God has the best for our lives. I want to pray for those who have said yes to Jesus. I want to pray for those who have come back to Jesus today. Come on, let's pray together. God, I thank you for all those who are watching today, for those who have pressed the button, for those who have said yes to you today. I pray you will help them to really follow you and serve you with all of their lives. I pray for everyone, those who have moved from a place of doubt and despair and confusion to a place now where they're putting their hope in you. God, I pray that you will help every one of them to stay truly devoted to you. I pray for those who have come back to you today. Lord, would you help them Stay connected. And for everyone else watching today who are already following you, Lord, thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for the greatest hope we have of the death and the resurrection of Jesus that gives us forgiveness and peace in our lives. 
Hey, well, I want to thank you for watching today, and I hope that's been helpful for you. Someone will be in contact with you. If you've hit the button today, someone will be in contact with you and help you to take your next step. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.